everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to PHLY Flyers presented by Mortgage CS. Check out MortgageCS.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today. Company NMLS ID number 1464766. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Joining me today, Broad Street Hockey's own Kelly Hinkle. Cal- oh, shit. No. Yeah. The uh, the Penguins just scored. Oh. <laughs> on Cal Peterson on Cal. again. Yeah. That was, I saw right when we started Matt Sandwich. Cal Peterson, Cal Heater, never trust a goalie named Cal. How are there so many Cal? Gotta throw Cal, he- uh, Cal Pickard in there, too. Okay. There's a lot. How are there, is it short for Cal? Like, I have so many Calvin? questions now. Calvin? It's gotta be Calvin. How are I've there never, so many? Yeah, I've never met a Calvin. Maybe and there it's, are goalies. Maybe it's big in Canada. That's got to be it, right? Well, this one's Swedish. There's a Swedish, right? Right. What Peterson? is? I don't know. Yeah, it's S E N, so it's got to be one of them, right? I don't uh, think... Anyway, here okay. we are. It is just another Mailbag Monday, and we have a lot of questions to get to today. Uh, we're gonna just get right into the goalie talk because, like, fifty percent of our questions somehow relate to the goaltending position. So rather than read each one, we're just, I kind of just had them uh, become a collage for oh, Mailbag Monday. We need, to, we need to get a cartoon head for you that we can like paste over, over Charlie's face too. But, all right. uh, but yeah, as you can see, uh, most of, we got like six, five questions there. Like 10 of them were there about the goalie position. A lot of questions. I mean, after watching that game, I have nothing but questions. Like, I don't know, after the second period, could you have put Sam Erson in? Maybe after goal five, you could have put Sam Air. Maybe you just go with six skaters because the percentage chance of a save between an empty net and Cal Peterson was negligible. Yeah. But we have a ton of goalie questions, so we're going to start out with the uh, goaltending position today and just uh, thank you for all your submissions. I'm not reading them all. Uh, <laughs> so Cal Peterson yesterday uh-huh. against the Pens, Seven goals on 32 shots. And, you know, people were complaining about him after the first two goals. And I was like, honestly, eh, I don't know if I can put these on the goalie. And then they scored five more. And I would say I'd put all five on the goaltender. Uh, now, sure, you could have played better in front of them. You could have allowed zero shots. Sure. Uh, that's a way. from our door. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> it certainly did. Uh, no and so seven now. goals on 32 shots. Yeah. And I just had to look this up after the game because I thought it was a fun stat. The Flyers as a whole this season give up 2.93 goals per game on average. Peterson's goals against average, granted it's a small sample size, is 3.90. He is a goal worse than the team he plays for. That, <laughs> I, that's awesome. I, again, like, yes, a, a seven-goal game will blow that up. He also had a five-goal game in there, too. Like, he's bad. He's real, real bad. Uh, we can see why the Kings were like, here, Take a bunch of shit to take him off our hands. And we talked sure. last night on a, a post-game, Charlie and I did, about the gamble of the backup goalie position after Carter Hart takes his leave of absence. Um, you take the gamble of this guy has NHL experience. Mm-hmm. He hasn't sucked his entire career. There was a time he was good. Goalies are kind of voodoo. They are. Maybe if he gets back to just league average, if he's just not horrible. Would be great. We can not lose much in the goaltending position. We're not putting our team in a bad position. And maybe, just maybe, after this season, someone calls up and goes, yeah, 50% will take Cal Peterson. Maybe. Well, that definitely isn't happening at this point. But let's start with the rest of this year. Let's start with this timeline. You can't put him back out there again, can you? I mean, you kind of have you have to, right? Like, there's another back to back, right? At least one. Why can't it be Felix Sandstrom? Okay, so uh, you are the original Felix Sandstrom fan, and I realize we've been through our ups and downs with this guy. He has clearly not panned out. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm it willing hasn't to take worked. the L. Yeah. Um, in my defense, I mostly just assumed that because he was Swedish, he yeah. was going to be the same as Lundqvist. Apparently sure. not. Yeah. Um. He can't be worse, right? He can't be worse. Can't. And no one's going to take him. 
when he's on waivers like no no one's taking him i don't even like this should be you know how they waived the hall of fame waiting period for wayne gretzky they're like no you're fucking in you don't have to wait the three whatever um they should waive waivers for Cal Peterson. He will not be claimed. No. <laughs> we don't need to waste right? 24 hours. Oh, yeah, at $5 million a year, we're going to take this guy who's absolutely horrible. Um, you can waive the 24. It can be 25 minutes. Uh, but, like, I, there has to be, whether it's Felix Sandstrom, you just can't do it, right? Like, I just don't. <clears throat> okay, so I tweeted this last night or yesterday during the game, I asked you about it when I got here. So Cal Peterson started his career, he played very few games, but he had a 924 and a 922 in his first two seasons, yeah. very few games. Then he played 35 games and had a 911. So at this point, it's a decent enough sample size. Like he played many, many yeah. NHL hockey games and made many, many saves in order to produce that stat. I don't understand how he can have gotten this bad because it's not even just like, like he doesn't look like someone who ever knew how to play the position properly. No, that was the um, things that he does don't make any sense. So after that season with the Kings in which he started 32 games, made 35 appearances, he had a nine 11 save percentage the next year, the very next year, 35 starts, 37 appearances, eight ninety five. He plays sparingly in 2022-23, nine starts, and 868, which is, I mean, the... the hockey reference stat that I love for goalies is really bad starts, and it starts yeah. with a save percentage below 85%. Oops. His season average was 87. <laughs> like, it's just like, like I understand the and Kings. And this year it's 864. Like, the Kings had Dowdy and, like, Kopitar. Like, I get it. Like, they were a very defensively sound team. I get it. But, like, also, he made saves against NHL hockey players. In yesterday's game, he did not look like a man that has ever seen an NHL player shoot at him before and did not know how to respond. There was, to a, such a, there was a point in the third period after they were just like, we, yeah, we're, we're picking short side on this guy. Uh, they come in on the right side, go for his blocker side, and he actually stops the puck. He was 100% sure it was in the net, and so too was I. Like, he just looked like a broken man, and maybe he can salvage himself and get back to the aggressively average goalie he was the first couple of times, or the last couple of times we saw him, but they're rebuilding, and they are constantly telling us that the future is what the, uh, the focus here. They're going to take away a Sean Walker. They might take away a Scott Lawton. They might do way more. They might do very little. But they're going to take guys away from this team Mm -hmm. on or before March 8th. That's going to hurt the locker room just like, ah, we feel like we've earned it a little. But they've been prepared for that. Yes. What they're not prepared for is, yeah, when uh, once every four or five games – we're going to lose on purpose. Yeah. We're going to put you in a situation where the team, who has only scored six goals three times this year, you're going to score six goals, which is more than double your season average, and uh, you're going to lose. Yeah. Because the goalie and net is fucking terrible. Like, they can't possibly do that to these group of guys. I mean, sure they can. I mean, you, yeah. You and Charlie talked about this last night. You asked Charlie, is, is Cal Peterson playing games for this team not a sign that they are fully committed to the rebuild and charlie disagreed with you but if he plays again (laughs) it kind of is because like charlie said if you're not going out to get a goalie to replace him because buying is stupid when you're rebuilding and there's no point to it then you kind of are acknowledging that this season doesn't matter because we're going to keep playing Cal Peterson. If they didn't immediately go out and get somebody after Carter Hart left the team, yeah, that's kind of it. Like, you held on to Felix Sandstrom for the first couple of months of the season mm-hmm. because you were afraid of losing him on waivers for nothing. Yeah. Uh, but you basically refused to play him. I th- did, what, he get into one game maybe? 
Uh, and then Cal Peterson is just kind of buried in the minors with his $5 million that he's making. <laughs> Probably very happy because there's no him. escrow in the AHL. You actually make more down there. Got to live in Allentown, uh, It's though. tremendous. Yeah. It's probably it's probably cheaper than like Center City though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so he's, but now he's up, and you're only playing him in situations where you have to have back to, yeah. to backs. There's a few more left this year. I, I just don't see how you can put him out there. It's, it's not like, and I realize like I say all the time life ain't fair, uh, but it's truly not fair to the players that you're asking. Every single game, we need the effort level to be at maximum. We need to go, uh, yeah, we're rebuilding, but that doesn't mean we're not trying to win every single night. We're mm -hmm. trying to build this culture. Yeah. How can you ask the guys to, like, have this culture with everything going on around them when they have put the team in playoff position and now they might miss simply because one dude is not up to it? So here's the thing, though. There are other players on this team that stink. Oh, yes. So like we will get to them as Nick well. Nick Delarier, not particularly good at the hockey part of hockeying. He does other stuff, but not particularly good at the hockey bits for the most part. Um, Igor Zamula has been real up and down. Mark Stahl stinks at defense. Not good. These guys get minutes in games, and I have to believe that on a professional hockey team, like no one's thinking to themselves sitting on the bench. I can't fucking believe Nick Delorier is going to be out there for five minutes this game. He stinks. Like, I'm assuming that they're looking at Cal Peterson and going, we're going to get a win for you, Cal. Like, we're going to play better in front of you. We're going to do what it takes. Like, I'm, I'm hoping, like, that's more of the attitude than this guy fucking sucks. I hate him, and I can't believe they're going to play him, and now I have to go lose this hockey game. Like, I'm kind of assuming that's not the attitude. I got to believe it's not the attitude Hopefully. at this moment. But after Sunday's game, yeah. if something like, I mean, a game like that remotely happening again, like mm -hmm. the dude can't play in the NHL ever again, but like something in which we're like the team shows the resilience they show, they tie the game up a couple of times and it's just, yeah, it, we can't allow a shot because the goalie has no chance. Then I think that attitude could just, like, I don't think everyone's sitting around going, oh, here we, but it's just like internally. I how can I c continue to be expected to go out there and bust my ass if this guy is playing? I, I get it, but I, I just don't think it's – I don't think that exists for them. It certainly at least was a good sign yesterday that they kept fighting back. Yes. Like, for the culture yeah. that they are trying to build, the structure, as Keith Jones would say, yeah. whatever you want to call it. There's no quit. The reason they're doing things the way they are is to build a team with this sort of mental makeup so that when they finally do have mm -hmm. some really great players, they will not fold a right. la, you know, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs against Boston in that game right. seven. Something like or that. Or every Flyers <laughs> yeah, team of the every, last three years. Every Flyers team that we grew up with yeah. that had the talent advantage yeah. but uh, somehow would just get beaten the playoffs by worse teams. So, listen, I know this team, they drive us absolutely nuts. Uh, we've been doing this a long time together, you and I, Kelly, and yeah. just talking about them gets us both fired up sometimes, and that's why... Sometimes I just need to chill. Or you gotta chill? Unwind Jalax, if you will. Um, and there's no better way to chill than with an ice-cold Coors Light. So whether you're freaking out about the goaltenders, injuries, the draft lottery, you need to find the Blue Mountains in your fridge and enjoy a beer as cold as the Rockies. Because when everything surrounding your favorite hockey team is on fire... You just got to chill, man. Uh, so when you choose to rise above it all, choose chill, choose Coors Light. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash P-H-L-Y hockey. That's P-H-L-Y-H-O-C-K-E-Y. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Uh, so that's this year. The idea of putting him back in. I mean, they might, they might try Felix Sandstrom. Uh, it's not it as if he's matter. been very good in the no. AHL. They both stink. They're both like at the bottom of the league in save percentage with goalies over like yeah. 20 appearances or something. Um, they're neither are any good. No, I'd rather just go with the, you know, the guy who's been in the organization longer, see if he can, he's, well, he's had right? some good games for us. Yeah. He's had some bad ones, but whatever. Do you think they should 
attempt to acquire no. someone this year. No, here's the thing. You can't do that because it doesn't matter what the asset is. Like, I don't care if it's a fifth round pick. You can't spend a future on fixing this season. When we've been told this season doesn't because matter. Because that is entirely contrary to literally every single thing you've said. What Keith Jones said four days ago. Like, you can't, yeah. if you do that, you are signaling to us, to the fan base, that you're actually full of shit. Jonesy told and us he's not looking at the standings. No. Doesn't give a shit. He don't give a fuck <laughs> if they win these games. He does not care. They want the games to matter, so they want to remain somewhat competitive. You don't want March to be no, a throwaway. they like that they're playing yeah, well. But right now, they're like, sure. when they say they want to play meaningful games, they mean like at this current moment right now. Yes. And given, given the edge that they have in the standings, right. It's going to be a while for the games not to matter. Like, even yeah. if they lose, like, the next five. No, that's the thing. The games will continue to matter because they have a five-point lead in, this, in the state. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, the, the Pens— and the Devils aren't winning. I was going to say, the Pens and the Devils are doing a really great job keeping the Flyers in the playoff race regardless of what the Flyers yes. do. So that's really nice of them. Um, but you—the message that it would send to the fan base— that you have worked so hard to get back on your side. And they have done a great job getting all manner of fans back on. Young ones, old ones, like in-game stuff is great. The messaging is great. Everyone fucking loves Keith Jones. Like the, They've done a really good job. You go out and you spend an asset to get a goalie for this season, and you've ruined it. You've completely ruined all of the goodwill that you've brought up. So they can't do that, especially when you have them listed here. This summer, there are quite a lot of UFA goaltenders There's that will make solid backups that you can get for absolutely nothing. Plenty of those types of yeah. guys. Uh, and that leads me to what the hell do they do next year? Because that's Great really question. the question. Um, a lot of people have pointed to Alexei Kolosov. Mm -hmm. The Flyers signed him to an ELC. He is on loan in Russia. They expect him to come over. Um, that said, it's a possibility he would come over this year uh, in Charlie's article for diehards only go to allphly.com, become a diehard. Uh, he spoke to Brent Flair last yeah. week and Flair didn't rule out the idea of Kolosov coming over this year, but the AHL is very much a part of his development plan. Sure. Either way in the most likely scenario, he comes over next season mm -hmm. and he's in the AHL at least to start. Right. You would assume. Which leads to, okay, so Peterson stinks, Sandstrom stinks. Mm -hmm. What do they do now? I have compiled a list of some uh, UFA goalies, mm -hmm. and this seems to be the route that would make the most sense. Yes. Guys who are UFAs after this season include Cam Talbot, Marc-Andre Fleury, which would be so much fun. That also, he's 100. Hilarious. Uh, Kapo Kakadin, Scott Wedgwood, Ilya Samsonov, Antti Ranta, John Quick, who was having quite the resurgence with the Rangers. Don't see that one happening. Uh, Martin Jones. Marty J. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting friend. one after last yeah. year. Alex Najelkovic, uh, Anthony Stolar, Stoli the goalie would be interesting. Spencer Martin, uh, David Riddick, Casey DeSmith, Kevin Lankinen, James Reimer, Cal Pickard, once again, uh, one of the cows. Should we try another cow? Yeah, it's uh, a lot of that level of dude. Yeah. And now some of these guys are, yeah, that's basically Cal Peterson. Uh, like not quite, but these are these are just the guys who've played double digit games. No, this I know. Year. I think every one of these guys is better than Cal Pierce. I, uh, they're all having better seasons. Each one of them, I like feel a Scott like Scott Wedgwood is the perfect. Like that's a guy like that or an Anti Ranta. Now some of these dudes are up there in age. Like Cam Talbot, I did not realize was thirty six years old. Is he? Like good for him. So who knows if they're realistic options? But this is the route they're probably going. They ha I mean, they have to. Any one of the, well, maybe not any one of these guys, but a number of these guys signed to a two-year deal as the bridge to having Kolozov in the NHL. Like, it's extremely obvious. Like, that's what you do. One of these guys is your backup goaltender. If we are confident that Erson can be a full-time starter in the NHL, and it seems like we are fairly confident that that's the case. It's going pretty well so far. Um... Then you just need a, a 
okay. You need Brian Elliott. You just yep. need a guy that can play some games and not shit the bed like Cal Peterson is doing. And I feel like any one of these guys can fill that role pretty It literally easily. just needs to be someone with basic competence. Right. Like, we can't just have a guy who we lose if we start him. No. That's what it looks like Peterson is. Yeah. It can't be that. Now, I don't know how exciting any of these names are to anyone, but that's kind of why... Uh, I think I said this to Charlie the other day. I don't expect them to be this good next year. Like they're gonna lose, they're gonna move on from some veterans, uh, whether it's at this trade deadline or potentially in the off season. That's when I think Scott Lawton is gonna go. I mm. doubt he goes at the deadline, but no. we'll see. Uh, but I think it makes a lot more sense. Um, Leading up, maybe Risto. Obviously, the injury kind of throws things up in the air this year, but he could be someone that goes in the summer. Like, I just look at what the team is now, and I think there's going to be more kids on it next year. I don't know if they want to spend assets in the summer either. That said, they're going to have plenty of cap space. It's not as if it's like, well, we don't want to give a guy. You're, you're talking yeah. about a one- or two-year deal yeah, for most yeah, of these yeah, guys. Yeah. So I, I'm interested to see what the strategy is, but it's a long way off. I don't know why I hadn't yet considered that they're going to be worse next season, but they probably are going to be worse next season. I mean, first of all, they're overperforming now. Yeah, like so. This year's a surprise, yeah. and you're going to take some dudes away. Right, right. Now, right, some yeah. of those guys we're going to talk about in a little bit um, stink. Like a camback, <laughs> like you might just get better fucking, by like addition by subtraction. To, I know we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it he I'm stinks. Not gonna. Uh, so, uh, but I just I don't. Uh, a lot of people seem to be looking at this rebuild right now. A lot of the negative Nancys out there who yes. are like, oh, I told you this. See, we're going to miss the playoffs now, and we're going to pick 14th. Nah. Like, maybe. Also, this was never a one-year plan. Like, when we talked to Jonesy about Scott Lawton, he said, you know, the people who are going to potentially trade for him, the teams that potentially could trade for him, yeah, they think they can win the Cup this or next year, which to me implies... Next year ain't part of the plan no, either. Because know? of course like, it's of not. Of course it's not. It's not a one-year no, deal. I think they're going to fluctuate as this thing goes. Yeah. We know development isn't linear. We've seen it with, I mean, Jesus. Every player. Uh, we're talking about a three-time most improved uh, Travis Sanheim potentially, you know? Like, His drop-off might be ruining it, that, and that's really it disappointing. Could, it could. Hopefully, he could come back. The, uh, hopefully the offense he put up against the Penguins, uh, we did? start seeing more that's of that true. so yeah. he can win that Pelly Lindbergh trophy for a third time. Maybe you want to go to that uh, that Flyers game. What is it? The fan appreciation is usually yeah, the last yeah. home game when they give out the awards mm -hmm. or any game coming up on the schedule. There are going to be some big ones. Like the 14th. You got to do it. Oh, yeah, the 14th. Yeah. Yeah, with our, our event is that night. If you can't get tickets through you us, it is still Pearl Jam night. That's what we said. I was like, I Kelly's going to be there regardless. Like, yes, I, yeah, I will be there <laughs> wearing my gritty Pearl Jam regardless. shirt, you being gotta, annoying in the, uh, the ass room upstairs. <laughs> if you want to attend that game or any game left on the schedule, I got to tell you, do it with Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I don't know how much more we have on the goalies. It's really, like, right now, I guess, yeah, bring up Sandstrom, send Peterson back down. Why but not? Does it really matter? I no. don't know. I think it's unfair to leave him on this roster just simply based on they should have won that game against yeah. the Penguins. 
and he allowed him them to lose. The Penguins uh, were really trying to give it they to the really, Flyers. Like, they were really trying. I, it was it was incredible yeah. uh, how Tristan Jari played in that game, and yeah. then still comes away with a win. The Flyers have scored six goals three times this year. In two of them, they have lost the game seven six. That is <laughs> fucking insane. I love this team, uh, and that really leads me to uh, the, our next topic today. I want to talk about the Jamie Drysdale situation and the whole blue line. Um, this is one of uh, a mailbag question from Bill and Sewell, well, which is you, me. Right? I was gonna yeah. say it's just you. Okay. Um, why does this keep happening to us? That's a great question, Bill. <laughs> That's like, why? I, I, maybe it's just a separated shoulder. I haven't seen any Jamie Drysdale updates. Uh, if it's happened since we've went live, obviously I probably haven't seen it. No. But as of right now, we don't know, and they didn't practice today. So that's probably a good way not to have to talk to the media. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can just run down the list of the bad luck, but I care not to. Everyone knows. Like, really? When he grabbed his shoulder, I, like, just turned like, into the Ben Affleck <laughs> meme. I was just like, like, It, how, uh, it just... Uh, of all the things... <laughs> Like, if this is just a separated shoulder, please. I'm ho I'm kind of hoping that it was just kind of like his reaction was just like, oh, fuck this shoulder. Yeah. And like ran off because he knows that, you know, if he did separate his shoulder, he's probably like freaking the fuck out because sure. that's the shoulder where things happened before. And so I'm hoping it was just that and not like, a, oh, no, I felt this exact thing before yeah. I got to get off the ice immediately because my arm's going to fall off of my body. Like, I I'm hopeful but, like, it's hard not to think it's going to be a problem. It's just, like, why wouldn't that be of the course, case? Of course, because like, this is what happens the Flyers. Yeah. Like, now, nah, like, you know, Nolan Patrick didn't just, like, have one concussion. He had a migraine disorder that derailed his entire career. He's out of hockey. Like, <laughs> of course that's the way things are. Of course. Like, our I, fifth <laughs> overall pick is a dickhead and doesn't want to play here for no yeah, particular reason. Yeah, why wouldn't reason. he just quit? Of course. Like, of course he's just a quitter. Uh, it's just, like, the, the long list of, you know, bullshit that has gone on with this team, <laughs> especially since you and I have been covering them, but really our whole lives. Tr truly. Uh, and that gets me to one of our first uh, questions of the day with the Jamie Drysdale injury, because we don't know what's going to happen with that until we find out, but... It's looking ahead to how this is going to affect the plan uh, from Paul with the great car ideas, a regular, oh. a regular on Mailbag Monday. He, goes, he says, guess it's sort of a moot point with uh, now with Drysdale. But do you think Stahl's constant lineup placement was uh, not to shop him, but rather to see if the coaching staff can trust him on a nightly basis and being able to justify trading yeah. Sealer Walker? And it's really a, a, question. A, a question about Sealer and Walker yeah. uh, because people have asked and it came up on 32 Thoughts Day. But we'll start with Stahl because Charlie and I in pregame yesterday were like, you know, he hasn't been bad. Well, he's been fine. Well, you play him in back-to-back -back games. He gets out on the ice against the Sidney Crosby. And, uh, yeah, he looks every bit as bad good. as anyone could have uh, could have possibly imagined. Yeah. I think they just kind of get him into games to get him in there. I don't think they yeah. care about justifying his ice time because, like, he hasn't played for most of the season. No. He's missed way more games than he's played in. I have found it odd since Risto's been out that they've been like, yeah, we're still going to go 11-7 and get Stahl in there. Yeah, That's weird. It is weird. And yesterday he plays over Zamula, who, as you pointed out, has been up and down. He's been up and down. I, I think you've said this before, but I don't really think you need to showcase Mark Stahl to shop him. No. No one is going off no of what he question. does. Yeah. Like, yeah, like we are acquiring him to be a seventh, like a sixth or seventh defenseman and a good voice in the room. Yeah, and like a yeah. guy who's done it before, been right. to a couple of finals. Like, you're not getting him because oh man, that random Sunday game, he <laughs> looked great. Like he's he played 18 seasons in the league. You know what you're getting out of I Mark Stahl. It could be maybe that they're like trying to like ramp up his minutes slowly because they know that if they trade both of these guys, he's going to have to play a lot more games, and so they're kind of like trying to ease him into the idea of being a more of a nightly guy. Um, but I don't, I mean, Torch likes him. Like, I don't really know if it's that deep. I think Torch just likes him. Yeah. And I don't think Torch likes Zamola. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like he does. I don't think, like, <sighs> I mean, like, maybe he doesn't dislike him in, like, a Kevin Hayes sense, but he doesn't like him like he likes Forrester. You I know what I mean? I think he kind of like, just sees, like, 
I wanted to find out, yeah. and I found out. And this is what he is. He's a bottom pair. He's fine. Yeah. He can we can play him, we cannot. It doesn't right. matter. Yeah. Like that's what I believe they see in him, because that's kind of what kinda, I see. Yeah. Maybe there's something more, but it's been a while. It's been a while now with There's him. been flashes of more than that, but he always seems to just regress back down to being just a guy. Which, like, whatever. There was that period where all of a sudden the power play was scoring. Yes. And it was like, okay, well, he has a role. That dried up, yeah. and quickly so too did his playing time. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, now let's get to the sealer and walker of it all, because that's really what people are most yes. interested in. And Charlie had an interesting tweet about this, and it came up on 32 Thoughts today. Like, okay, if Drysdale, say, is out for the rest of the season, let's just say that that's the case for right now yeah. in this hypothetical. Would that impact Danny's plan at the deadline to potentially move on from uh, especially Walker with, you know, how many right side defensemen do you have? Not that many, but mm -hmm. any of the defensemen, because, hey, now you're kind of just down to six. Yeah, we had eight. Risto's hurt. <laughs> Drysdale's hurt. We had too many. Now yeah. all of a sudden, now all of a sudden we like have flies. none. Yeah. And Charlie's tweet, I thought, summed this up pretty well. If Drysdale is out long term, it certainly will test the Flyers' commitment to their mm -hmm. rebuilding and will treat the deadline as such stated plan. Everything they've said publicly says that a Drysdale injury wouldn't prevent Walker being moved, but we'll see what they do. I know, like, we talk, okay, if they move a fifth for a goalie, that's a betrayal of the plan. But at the end of the day, like, that's a fifth. If they're like, well, we can't possibly trade Sean Walker because Jamie Drysdale's hurt, that's fucking stupid yeah <laughs> like it's that yeah. will be the thing that makes me go 100 you know what they don't know what they're doing yeah because uh, this is you have a sean walker asset that was basically something for nothing yes you were moving on from ivan provorov you that got your a, first a scratch off ticket that yeah. you won and now 20 bucks Cash now it it's in. like what wh why <laughs> why wouldn't we <laughs> No, you have Get to. Get more from Sean Walker. I like Sean Walker a lot. He's great. He has filled his role. He has been an effective player for this team. He's fun on the penalty kill, mm -hmm. all that stuff, some offensive upside. He's 30 years old. Yeah. This is pointless. Yes. Now, I guess you can make the argument, say they sign him for two or three years for a lower cap hit, you could always still trade him. Mm-hmm. Right now is when, like, what are the chances he's this good next year? He's having the best season of his, like, have you ever heard Sean Walker's name before this year? Because I haven't. Like, not really. he's not a guy who, like, oh, yeah, teams are lying. There are multiple teams interested in Sean Walker. He was a throw-in in a trade this summer. Yes, a cap dump. What are the, yeah, a cap dump so that they could sign another defenseman. He's a right-handed defenseman that a team hoping to make noise yeah. in the playoffs said, ah, we don't need him. In fact, have him. Yeah. Take him. How can you possibly justify not trading him? You have to. I mean, a couple of things. First of all, again, Charlie is right in his analysis. But also, <laughs> I need Charlie to log off and have some Pedialyte and take a nap. He's sick. No more tweeting. Um, I see him tweeting. I'm like, no, go to stop bed. It. Go to bed. You're just, you're Watch not Netflix. Today. You're sick. You're stop not it. working today. Um, but you're absolutely right. So like, I know, I know the whole, like trade a guy at the deadline, resign him in the summer. I know it never actually happens. That said, it can happen. It could. There's no reason if, why it can't. There's no reason why you can't have that conversation with him. Sure. And say, listen, buddy, we like you, but also we got to get a first for your ass. It's one of the things if that you want to come back. We'll yeah, have you. It's one of the things that came up like. A week or two ago, or last week, I guess, when they were like, yeah, they haven't formally started negotiations, but Danny did call yeah, up. Right. And it's like, yeah, they're in Toronto where his agency is based. Yes. So they, like, talked for a minute. Yes. And that's part of it. Like, hey, we really do like you. You do fit this thing. If you don't sign an extension immediately with the team you get traded to, it's obvious you want to hit the market. What are you looking yeah. for when you hit the market? That's the thing. Hockey players always do the stupidest thing and the yeah. thing that's like most against their interests. It's really hit the market, dude. Yeah. You don't have to sign an extension with the team that we trade you to. No. That could be anybody. Don't. You have no say in it. You don't have to like them. You don't have to yeah. want to go there. Like this isn't a Claude Giroux situation. You're not choosing this. We could send you someplace incredibly shitty. You don't have to stay there. If you want to come back, the team has pretty much openly said, we'll have you back. So like, 
say, okay, sucks. I don't want to be traded. <laughs> Moving is annoying, but take the trade, go do whatever happens on the team. That's going to make the playoffs. And is probably going to be making a push. Cause who else would be picking you up? See what happens. If you like it there, then okay. You learned something, but if you hate it and you want to come back, the flyers will almost certainly sign him. So it can happen, but you can't. It's the same as it's the same as the goalie thing. You can't make a this year decision with any of these people because you've told us a hundred times that that's not what you're doing. This year and next year don't matter. So why right. why are why would we plan anything around this year and next year no. if winning the games literally doesn't matter? And here's the thing, like sitting there watching you guys talk to Keith Jones. I fucking believe him. Yeah. Like, maybe he's, he's a great fucking I don't, con man. No one's that like, good, dude. <laughs> like, he's saying things to me, and he's, like, saying with his eyes, I am telling you the truth. Yes. You know? I 100% believe him when he says, I'm not, like, I don't care about these games. Like, he said without saying... We don't really care what's happening this season. We're letting the boys go out there and have fun. Cool that they're winning. We don't give a fuck that they're doing and it. And, like, you're seeing what, like, Sidney Crosby, maybe at the end of his career, is, like, a Mount Rushmore guy. You know, you're seeing Claude Giroux, an A-tier player in his mid-30s, continue to produce at a high level. Yeah. Sean Walker is not an A-tier player. <laughs> no, if he's like, a C-tier, he's yeah, lucky like, with that. Uh, like, I, I don't mean to disparage the man. He was a great find. I like him. But, like, yeah, it's just, like, your age and the timeline. When they told us Johnny Goudreau doesn't fit the timeline, that wasn't a lie. It was just like, well, how the fuck does Risto and Travis say, Sandheim... To be fair, that no, was the other like, guy. But Risto yeah. and right, Sandheim right, right, and yeah. Tony D, but, like, these guys fit the timeline? That was really... Like, Nick Del if it's, you know, yeah. that was really what uh, the consternation yeah. came from. Sean Walker does not fit the timeline. Here's, he can't possibly no. be kept. Here's my question for you, though, because we had a conversation before about Danny Briere needing to use this deadline to, like, not only do some stuff and get some things, but also, like, to establish himself as a general manager in this league. This is his first deadline. If a bunch of teams are trying to lowball you for Sean Walker and the best you get offered is a, a late third. And Danny says, nah, because fuck you. You're not lowballing me out of a valuable player. Well, like, is that okay with you? Or do you take anything that comes? I feel like you were here when we talked about maybe uh, like, I oh feel like God. a third or a four, like probably a fourth is you get that for his rights. Yeah. Like, you get a fourth or a fifth for his negotiating rights yeah. for that window at the end of the season before July 1st. That said, I cannot imagine no, if there's either. multiple teams involved, yeah. you can't. It's, un it's an unlikely I mean, like, scenario, yeah. Kimo Timonen couldn't play, and you got two seconds for him. It was like, yeah, I'll suit up and do what I can. Also, I'm taking my life in my hands by doing it, yeah. and I'm not all that effective anymore. Like, they didn't play him most no. of the time, yeah. you know? Uh, I can't imagine you can't figure out a way to get like two twos at least something a package with him and Sealer. Joe makes a good point. Justin Braun. Justin Braun. Trade we just just we, we and came Justin Braun. Yeah, they him. just did that. Yeah. yeah, it did just. I forgot happen. about Justin Braun. Yeah. I forgot all about we that. We just need to Justin Braun, uh, Sean Walker. Can Justin Probably Braun so. come back again? Because they might need. He him. might. What's he up to? No, uh, so that's Where is he? I like know. Uh, they have to like Nick Sealer doesn't matter as much to me because I just can't imagine anyone's willing to part I'm with I'm obsessed I love, with the idea of trading them as a pair. Me Something too. about it. I really really, really love that idea. It's fun. Like and that to me guarantees a first round pick yes. or at least like a higher end prospect. I'm not second, saying like your like best you yeah. your best prospect or something, but like a higher end prospect who yeah. could potentially be an NHL player. Uh but just like if it's a third round pick for Sealer, I don't hate the idea of keeping him around a little bit. But at the end of the day, they should trade all the pending. Like, the thing that makes the most sense is trading pending UFAs. Yes. Everyone after that, you make your decision. You can put, you can punt on the decision. Right. But the UFAs got to go. The UFAs, Sean Walker, yes. especially, he has the most value. Uh, I want to get to the Cam Atkinson part of this now. Ugh. So, his season has been a roller coaster ride that. 
is hard to explain. Uh, First 15 games, 12 points, 8 goals, 4 assists. And then from November 15th to January January 12th, he had a 26-game goalless drought, which is he got scratched in there at one point. Mm. Hard to do almost. He broke the drought with two goals against the Jets uh, on January like 13th, I think, and scored five goals and five assists over a six-game stretch. Since then, from January 25th to now, 11 games, no goals, no assists. Not good. Uh, He hasn't registered a point in literally a month. January 25th to now, February 26th. I realized the break was in there, but uh, it doesn't even matter. I mean, you're 11 so games, correct. no points. That's not Guys, stu- you didn't chip it out of the zone. Like, it didn't go this up your team, ass. This yeah. team has three breakaways a game. I know. You didn't chip it out of the zone once for a breakaway. It's happening all the time. Like, uh, what are they going to do with this guy? How do you not get a point in yesterday's game? There were six goals. There six were 13 goals. total goals. I think he had one shot. I don't understand what's happened to him. And he, like, I know goal scorers are streaky, but this like, I feel like streaky. this isn't streaky. This is, I mean. Because he, he not only isn't scoring, he looks terrible. I can't even say he looks bad. Be- I don't know when he's on the ice now. No, a lot of times you don't notice him. But a lot of times when you do, it's because he's fucked something up he's terribly. Not or like good. whiffed on like something very, like, it's just like. He's missing when he is in the right place. Yeah. He's missing. Like, yes. It's real bad. I, I, I looked up the potential options. So he signed. I thought he had two years left, but there's only one more after this okay. season. Signed through next season at 5.875. So effectively $6 million. If you are to find somebody who's willing to take him on at 50%, if you cover the 50%, it would cost both sides 2.9375. So effectively $3 million. Oh, that would be tremendous. Or... The more likely option, buying him out. Uh, that would result in a $2.358 million cap hit next year, a savings of over $3.5 million. But then a cap hit of $1.758 million in 2025-26. That's something you would not incur if you were you know, yeah. able to trade him or just let us keep him, let his contract expire through next year, whatever it is. But it's under $2 million. Again, next couple of years, cap space probably yeah. not at a premium. This isn't the NFL where you can roll it over. Uh, what do they do? Like, do you just buy him out? Do you keep him? Just let it expire? If they keep him, the coach is going to play him because he's playing him now. Yeah. That's his dude. They have to have dudes, like, who are better than him because he's doing nothing. Yes. 100% they have to. Because nothing, like no one's doing worse than nothing. Like that's not a thing. Um, <laughs> the so the the buyout, it, you just have to think really hard about where you think this team is going to be in two years. Like, it, is that going to be the time that they need to start acquiring players? Because like. Hopefully that's, that's how it's going to happen. Like that's how these teams, I know everyone likes to pretend that every cup contending team is built entirely through the draft, but that's not how it works ever. Um, so at some point, the flyers are going to be in a position where they have a good base of young players and they need to add to them with free agents and, and that kind of thing. Is that going to be two years from now? Because if it is, losing almost $2 million in cap space is a little, it's a little rough. That said, Cap is going up, and it's expected to continue to go up for the next yeah. several seasons. Like, 1.76 doesn't seem like the end of the world two years from now. I mean, it's probably not. I, Will the... If you, I, I, I mean, if you can't trade him with retention... That would also be... You'd still have the over three and a half... Kevin Hayes on the books. Yeah. That's the last year of that, too, 2025, 26. So, so now you'd you're have like five basically mil. five mil in dead money of guys you've just straight up retained or bought ideal. out. Yeah. And that's before anything else. Right. I mean, like, that's not, it's not great. That's a bit of a handicap if you're Lynn trying Blom's to. buyout is over after this season. That's and, not a lot of money, though, is it? Uh, no, no, 666. Yeah. And the, uh, Tony D's is over after next year. So it's the, 
the problem really is that, like, with what you've seen from Cam Atkinson this season, if you're an NHL general manager, why would you even want him at three? No. You wouldn't. Like, you can get Scott Lawton at three. Right. Who like, can play. The only way this, <laughs> in my mind, the only way this is happening is if you're doing a ghost and you're paying some team to take him at three. And we're not in a position. Should not be doing that. To give away assets no. to get rid of a guy. Shouldn't be doing that. So it's a, it's a real conundrum. But they got to do something. Because they, they, they can't keep him on the team. That, like. <sighs> I mean, I guess if next year is supposed to also be shit. Like, if we're just assuming that next year is shit, and Keith Jones has pretty much told us that it is, they're not going to be competing for a cup next year. So maybe you do just wait it out. I think, like, waiting it out is uh, it's the most ideal. It's My problem with the idea of waiting it out is simply the coach playing him. Yeah, I know. Like, that's my issue, because I'm looking at Bobby Brink right now. Dude, I'm, I'm looking so at Ula, worked up about Bobby Brink. Uh, uh, Bobby Brink, I believe, is at 11 points in 11 games. Yeah. Uh, he followed up. Yeah, Brink followed up his three-point game in Charlotte on Saturday with a primary assist on Sunday to bring him to 11 points, six goals, five assists in 11 games. He's also got 29 shots on goal. He's a minus one in those 11 games. Like, dude, he's good. Why? He's a good player. Now, if the answer about, like, how do you justify playing Atkinson over Brink right now, if the answer is because we think Brink needs to play in the AHL to develop properly, and that's more important than his production against Atkinson's this year, then okay. That's but you have to have one dude in the organization who is better than Cam Atkinson right now. There has to be one. If there isn't, this is going to take 10 years. Now, see, I think that this is more of, I think if this was anyone other than Cam Atkinson, he would have been sitting it's, already. Do you think it's, it's just Torts's because it's Torts' guy? Torts loves him. I think that he is going to get the longest leash of anyone in this organization from John Tortorella. And that's like... I mean, fair, whatever. Um, my pro I have a problem with Brink generally, like not even just in relation to Cam Atkinson's terrible play. Bobby Brink did exactly what he was supposed to do. He didn't throw a fit like Wade Allison. He went right down to the AHL and he fucking lit it up. He is playing so well down there because he is better than an AHL hockey player. We saw it from him at the start of the season. Did he fall off a bit? Yes, because he's a child. He's very small. He's getting used to the NHL. If he's going to be an NHL hockey player, he needs to play in the NHL against NHL talent. We're seeing from him that he has reached maximum potential against AHL talent. He's better than them. Every night, better than the AHL competition. If he's going to ever be as good as or better than his NHL peers, he's got to play against them. It doesn't make any sense for him to be down there. We have both said for years, you learn to play in the NHL by, by playing, playing in the, in the NHL. NHL. Yes. I think, like, for right now, and by right now, I mean from today until March 8th, mm -hmm. I'm fine with him in the American Hockey League. But... Mm -hmm. Eventually, like this guy made the team out of camp because yeah. he was one of your best players in the preseason. Yes. And yes, he did fall off. But I would say for the majority of his time in the NHL, he looked like an NHL player yes. to me. It is vitally important to me that he come back this year and even more so that he's on the team next yes. year. Like you also have an Ula Lixell who, yes, is 24, almost 25. Like maybe he's aged out of being a prospect. They don't really think they, he's basically what he is now is what they That's think he's he going to be. Yeah. A guy who's going to go back and forth. He'll score in the AHL. Boyd he King. also played really well yesterday. He did. He and I good. think like he deserves a look, especially if dudes are going to keep getting hurt. And if right. we're going to subtract some forwards at the deadline as well, like he absolutely sure. deserves it. Eventually I want to see Samu Tuamala in here. Now, Wouldn't Charlie just talked about him yesterday like he's a year removed from breaking down to brent flair like i don't know what's wrong i'm so much better than this no. so like all right let him develop that's yeah. fine but he's gonna like you gotta bring him up eventually they do have guys like they were just ranked the fourth best form system six 
Six, was it six? Six. I saw one that said four. Oh, uh, I was talking about was, Wheeler on the athletic. Oh, yeah, that was that, that was, was six. six. Yeah, was I saw one. a totally different one. I don't even know who it was, but I'm going to quote it. It was, yeah. regardless, they're a Good top prospect. ten farm system, yes. which yes. means they must have some guys. That gets me back to, like, if you're going to keep Cam Atkinson because the smartest thing to do financially is just let his contract expire after next yeah. season, okay. But you can't, he can't be an every night player. At least treat him like Delorier, where yeah. it's like, you're going to play some because you're here, but, like, if we have yeah. something else going on, like, yes, against Matt Rempe, you're going to be in the fucking lineup because we don't need anyone getting killed. But, like, the rest of the time, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we have to play somebody else. No, and I've seen people, I've seen fans on Twitter, and I, I hate that I always talk about Twitter, and you and Charlie said yesterday, if we weren't on it so much, we would be happier. You are correct. I've seen people be like, man, you think Bobby Brink's going to come up here and start winning games? Like, no, I don't. No. I don't know that he's going to move the needle for the Flyers as far as wins and losses. I don't give a fuck about that. I'm worried about Bobby Brink, the player that we saw at the start of the season, the player that I want Bobby Brink to be. Because like you, I'm very high on him. I fucking love this kid. I want him to be a thing he's in this organization. Yes. I need him to be able to develop into the best possible version of himself, and he's not going to do that playing down to AHL competition. And that's what annoys me. And so I don't really care if Bobby Brink is going to be the thing that wins or loses a game. Like, if they go 12 with Bobby Brink, oh, it's a win. And if they go 11, no, that's not, no. That's not the point. The point is Bobby Brink could be something. And we're not going to know if he is or if he isn't if they keep him parked in the AHL for no reason while you're going 11-7, while Cam Atkinson looks like shit. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And, like, we've talked so much that these games mattering is a great way to find out who these players are. Yes. Brink is one of the guys I want to find out who yes. he is. <laughs> really like, badly, I want to know what he I is. I want him to play in these meaningful games while they still matter. Like, yes. after March 8th. Who knows if the games are going to matter? They're, I mean, probably will still be in it, but we'll see if it's a quick, like, nosedive. I yeah. mean, like, if Sam Harrison has to miss a week, you know, it's going to be gonna a quick... It's going to be a problem. It's going to yeah. be an issue. But I just want to see these dudes yes. playing these games. And, like, we talk... Uh, the coach talked about maybe Brink developing some bad habits, whatever it is. I watched one of his goals, I think, from the Saturday game, his first goal where he's just like in the circle, rips a slap shot, it hits the goalie in the glove and goes in. It was not an NHL goal. I don't need him developing AHL habits where he's just simply better yeah. like, like against inferior trying. competition. Right. Like I'd rather him struggle up here and learn what it is yes. than him dominate down there. I think it is good. Build some confidence sure. back up. You know, get, I had no problem with him being sent down. Play the big minutes yeah. in a scoring role. Mm -hmm. Awesome. 11 games seems enough to me. It's enough. Especially it's considering how bad some of the forwards are on this team. And how well he has played in the AHL. All right. Not a ton of time left uh, before we... Uh, this was this happens every Mailbag oh. Monday. We've done two questions. Uh, before we move on to the rest of the Mailbag questions, i got to tell you about Bagels & Company, uh, the absolute best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here with Philly Love. First thing you got to know, huge bagels and a huge selection of bagels, whether you're looking for something traditional like an everything or something wacky like a Dorito bagel. Dorito. They have you covered. And when you have that many kinds of bagels, usually 15 to 20 available daily, you need a lot of cream cheeses, 30 different varieties of cream cheese, different flavors available on a daily basis at, bro at, at Bagels and Company as well. But the most important thing, they're affordable. It is an affordable brand. You get a lot of food for cheap. Also, don't sleep on the coffee. Pretty damn good if I say so myself. So for the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, head to thebagelsandco.com slash store-locator to find the closest bagels and co near you. All right. With uh, the time we have, let's see how many of these questions we can bang out. Uh, first from Jim gal, how much longer can they continue to play Delorier five to six minutes a night, especially when they go 11 forward seven D with uh Lixell and or Brink, you can roll four effective lines. I feel like we answered that. Yeah, question. we've, we've answered that. I the only thing I'll point out is how long can they afford? Um, they don't care. No. Nah. Like, 
<laughs> they, no. they think he plays a role. Yeah. They don't have anyone else who's going to fill that role. So it's going to be him. I would much rather, if they're going to have Delorier in the lineup, go 12. Because as you see, yes. like one guy That's gets hurt, one guy gets hurt, or Delorier serves, I don't know, somewhere between 5 and right. 17 minutes in right. penalties as he normally does. Yeah. Well, now you're down to 10. If he's going to play, I would like to see them go 12. Yes. That's yeah. the real issue. If you're going to play Delorier, just play a normal lineup for yeah. fuck's sake. Please. You can do it. <laughs> uh, from Elbert, Elbert Starks III, uh, Morgan Frost last five games, one assists. No, I am not saying anything, so everything is his fault. But the question, if you are trying to determine if a player fits for the future, is it possible that Frost plays himself out of town with a bad finish to the season? The reasoning, if his role is to produce offense and you simply don't do it now when the games actually matter, why would anyone honestly believe it's coming after all this time? Good question. It is a good question. I will say the remainder of this season is huge for Morgan Frost. While, yeah, the last five games he hasn't produced statistics, yesterday I won't say he was effective, but he has been yeah, one of the Flyers' great. more noticeable players yes. recently. Um, I would like to see that continue, though. And, I mean, you look at the ice time. He's the 1C right now. Yeah. Sean Couturier not getting... A ton of time. We'll have a question about him in a little bit. Yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, the center, the center depth is. They don't big. have any. No. <laughs> yeah. So getting rid of Morgan Frost uh, seems like a bad idea at this stage of the game. He does, though, obviously have an incredibly short leash with the coach. He can't fall back into his bad habits. Yesterday's game, he did a lot of coasting. I feel like that's one of the things that Tortorella probably really fucking hates from him. Like, he can't he can't take the foot off the pedal at all. Never. He's got to be 100% of what Morgan Frost can be every night, or it's going to be a problem for him. And I do think that the last few games, he's kind of, like, eased off the gas a little bit. And hopefully, I think at the end of last yesterday's game, he his time went down yeah, quite a bit. I believe so. Um so that was probably a little warning from the coach. Like, hey, buddy, don't stop fucking around. Um, but like you, I'm not, I'm not really worried about him being bad because he hasn't looked actively bad for most of these games, even if he's not producing on the scoreboard. Yeah, that's like, I mean, there was the, uh, when, when Konechny was healthy, like he's out there with him and he, Farabee, TK. That were, line was awesome. That was an effective line. So fun. Like Farabee also was invisible yesterday. Like mm -hmm. there was, considering they scored six goals, there was a lot of dudes <laughs> who like did not game. contribute. It, it was, was a very, a very game. odd game. Uh, but I do think it is huge for him. Yes. If he wants to stay here and establish himself as the two or three C, the way this season ends will be big. Yes, 100%. All right. Uh, from JMU Fan, with Forster seemingly starting to put it together scoring-wise, where do you think he slots in long-term, assuming he gets close to his ceiling? Is a second-line wing on a contender realistic? I think so. I absolutely think so. Yeah. I think he is a an excellent piece you can play on any wing in your top nine mm -hmm. because of the way he plays on both sides of the puck. Like now, like him, Couturier and TK, like, and TK, is that a winning first line? No. But if you have a legit one C and like Mitchkov, all right. Yeah. You could probably have Tyson Forster on that first line and it's a good first line, yeah. or you can slot him down somewhere in the lineup and he fits. I think he's going to be an excellent two-way Swiss Army knife anywhere in the top nine. I think so, too. And I don't think it's unreasonable to expect that at this point. Like, that goal he scored yesterday, the one where he, like, patiently waited and, like, pulled the puck back and then just put it over. Yeah. Like, it, he is... Once he really gets confident in his scoring, I think he's going to be, like, really good. Like, obviously not A-tier good, but, like, a, a really good player. And second line on a contender, I don't think it's a stretch at all. No, I think that's... Like, yeah, if I think he fits anywhere in a top nine, like, that's basically where he slots in if you're just going, like, who are my nine best forwards? Yeah. Second line wing on a contender is exactly where he would slot so. in in that, in that instance. All right, from uh, Flyers fan 39, 
How do you evaluate Couturier's play in the latter part of the season? Seems to me he has taken a slight step back, except for faceoffs. I don't think he's playing injured, uh, so maybe just the grind catching up with him after questionable conditioning. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been two years. Uh, he had double back surgery. I think they saw enough out of him to say he's yeah. going to be an effective player going forward. But the days of him being a selkie contending 1c i think are probably behind him probably but i he hasn't been great lately no, i mean he he's not. had a few uh instances in the offensive zone i mean both each of the last two games he had a chance to tie the game if he made a play on the puck and he wasn't able to um that said i think he's been mostly fine and it's just going to be a process with him. This season was about getting back out there. Yeah. And he got back out there and looked pretty good for the most part. I hope he's not playing injured. I'm sure he's banged up. I'm sure he's yeah. sore. Like, he did miss basically two full seasons. I like, can't imagine this conditioning is a problem, though. Like, he seems like the kind of guy that probably works out 17 hours a day. I don't like In the offseason. Questionable conditioning isn't how I'd put it. Just like hasn't gone through the rigors of That's a full true. season and like in a long time prior to the last couple seasons we had short seasons That's it's not true. as if they were playing 82 games the two years you make prior a very fair point. like it, it, it's been a long time it's yeah. been like four years since he's played a full season simply because of what the schedule has been because of covid and That's then his point. injuries it's just gonna be a process with him hopefully like my hope for him is late stage Jordan Stahl. Like the Jordan Stahl of the yeah. last several seasons, that's what we get. The good two-way center who can chip in on offense, but you're not counting on him to be the 1C, but he plays a very specific role in terms of leadership and two-way play. Yeah, I think that what we should reasonably expect is that what Sean Couture actually is right now is something in between what we're seeing now and like astonishingly good almost selkie level Sean Couturier that we saw at the beginning of the season yeah. that shocked everyone. I think he's probably somewhere in the middle really right now. I don't think he's as bad as he's been playing. I, I forgot that this was the, we did so much of the like straight hockey stuff I'm today. About this. I forgot that this was the last question. Um, has anyone ever told Bill that uh, this is from Scott R has anyone ever told Bill he could be Noah Cahan's brother? Uh, yeah. I have seen these comparisons before. I didn't I don't, know who he was until I today. don't remember what this guy does, but he is a it guy. is very weird how much he and I look alike. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can we get him in studio? How does that happen? <laughs> like, it's strange. It uh, I will say, and there are pictures of him where we look less similar, and there are pictures where we look more similar, but we both do have the, um, I call it interesting looking nose. We both have that. We have the long black hair. You do. Similar facial hair. Yes. Uh, I get it. We do kind of look similar. I His eyebrows it. are thinner than mine, I would say. Not really. I don't know. They're pretty dark. They're shaped. Like but I wouldn't. I think he's got the, the thick thing eyebrows is too. Like, I think I feel like Bill after a week in Sea Isle. <laughs> yeah, that's like just a little bit of a tan. If we were to look at my summer pictures yeah. rather than like my midwinter picture, I think yes. I would look more. But yes, I have heard it. I don't know who this person is. Me neither. Um, but I'm extremely there was, uncool. It, it was. It came up in one of Ava's like group chats a couple weeks ago, like. Ava, have you seen this guy who looks exactly like your husband? <laughs> like, I think we're being a little generous uh, that I look exactly like him. Ah, he's dude, it's pretty, he's close. pretty handsome. Uh, <laughs> who says Bill Nuts is handsome? But I, it's it's weird. It's definitely it weird. So thanks for that, Scott. And the only thing I have left to tell you now today is uh, we got some shit to sell you. That's right. Over at phlylocker.com, right now we are running a 30% off sale. Ooh. Everything 30% off today through Wednesday. So check it out while you can. Listen, I know the prices on our merch aren't exactly the cheapest. It's a pretty high quality of merchandise, and that's why it is what it is. But right now, 30% off all of the stuff. And where are you going to wear this stuff? 
Well, you're going to wear it to our takeover events. The next one coming up for us, March 14th at the Wells Fargo Center. It's Flyers, Leafs. You can get your tickets to that at allphly.com slash events. And it's being brought to you by our friends at Olipop. Drink that new kind of soda and make sure you meet me. Charlie and Kelly at the official PHLY takeover between the Flyers and Leafs on March 14th. It is also Pearl Jam night. Yeah. So Kelly will be there regardless. Come for the Leafs. Uh, yeah. Stay for Kelly singing even flow. This is really all of your interests. I, the Leafs, Pearl Jam. It's, it's <laughs> a literally, Flyers game. Yeah, it's like, made for me. Hanging out with you and Charlie. Like, it's Kelly Hinkle night. It's Kelly Hinkle night at, at the, the Flyers game. They didn't know they were doing it, but they did. You can all meet us at the Flyers game <laughs> for Kelly Hinkle night. Yeah. All you got to do is go to allphly.com slash events and get your tickets. Those are more than reasonably priced. Yes. All right, uh, that will do it for us. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Follow us on YouTube, uh, PHLY Sports. Make sure you set those reminders so you never miss a live show. At PHLY underscore Flyers on Twitter. PHLY Flyers, wherever there are podcasts. Uh, that's everything. My name is Bill Matz. For Kelly Hinkle, have a great week, Philly. Silly like the mayor. 